Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. The TalkSport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whether your business needs cars, vans, or larger commercial vehicles, you can rent from the best lineup in the UK with Enterprise. And with flexible long-term rental, you can get vehicles for as long as you need them, from minutes to months. Whatever the mission, Enterprise's mobility experts can build a bespoke solution to suit your business needs. Visit enterprise.co.uk forward slash business to find out more. This is TalkSport Daily. Happy Monday, folks. I'm Paul Ross, and you, my friends, are listening to the TalkSport Daily Podcast. Now, on today's edition, you'll hear news on the Premier League's Project Big Picture, which may see the top division reduced to just 18 clubs. Jack Wilshire picks the greatest player he ever played with, and there's exclusive news from top boxing promoter Bob Arum and the possibility of Tyson Fury fighting this year and on home soil. But we start with England's fantastic 2-1 victory in the Nations League over the world's number one side, Belgium. Your commentators were Jim Proudfoot, Stuart Pierce, Mark Saggers was the host, and this is how it sounded on Chalksport. Taking a deflection and a spoon over Mignolet it in. And England have turned it around and lead 2-1. It's all about the deflection. Mason Mount claiming the goal. Just a little right-footed effort, but it was the spin imparted on the ball by the nearest Belgian defender that did for him. And it's England 2, Belgium 1. I think the most important thing was obviously the three points in our performance. We know that there was number one ranked in the world coming into the game. We knew how tough it was going to be with the players they've got, world-class players. But we're very confident in the way we play and, and the players we've got. We know what we can do and, and these tough games, these these world-class games is what you want to play in. I read a lot of things about Mason and uh, I, I think he's a very underappreciated player, but not by us. Runs up, stops his run, right-footed, brilliant penalty. Minulay dive to his left-hand side. Rashford just waited for that initial movement from the keeper fired it into the open half of the goal and England out of nothing are back on level terms 1-1 to get the penalty just before half time was, was a crucial moment um, because it meant while we were rearranging things and, and establishing what was important at half time we were, still, we were at 1-1 instead of a goal down and psychologically that's a big difference Rashford equalised Lukaku's early penalty Mason Mount's deflected winner gave England three points but will give them a big fillip going into the games ahead in the 2020-21 season only Belgium's third defeat in 46 games and England have beaten them by two goals to one. Today would be another education for our team, I think, you know. I don't think Gareth will get too washed away with beating the world champion, well, not the world champions, but the team ranked number one. I think it was a wonderful result for us. I think in the first half, certainly we were dominated, in my opinion. Lukaku led the line brilliantly, but... The good thing is we were able to sort of calm that down in the second half, learn our lessons from the first half and look at a much tidier side that wasn't as vulnerable. Over to Tony Cascarino now on weekend breakfast discussing Declan Rice and Jack Grealish and how big a loss they were to the Republic of Ireland having chosen to play for the three Lions. Good lads. If we'd have had... Either of them, and more likely Jack Grealish, because obviously he's a flair player that can change a game in a moment, we'd have qualified. You know, that wrangles with a lot of Irish fans where they think, if Jack would have chose us, 
we would have yeah. got to major tournaments a bit more often. Um, so, yeah, it does wrangle with a lot of Irish uh, fans. We suffer from the same problem as Wales, Scotland, Northern Ireland. They've got more goals than us. We can't buy a goal mm. in our team. You know, we cannot. Um, I, I think our top centre forward in goals in international football at the moment is David McGoldrick with one goal. Now, we haven't scored in the last three, I think. Two points from three games for Ireland, seven for Wales to top the Nations League group. It's finished. Republic of Ireland, nil, Wales, nil. It's typical. You know, Wales haven't got a great goal-scoring record. Mm. Last three games, I think they've got three goals. Scotland, likewise, you know, struggling to get goals. This is Drive with Darren Bent and a very special guest, the former Arsenal and West Ham midfielder, Jack Wilshire. He spoke about leaving the Hammers, where he might end up playing next, and how inspirational Arsene Wenger has been to him throughout his career. I don't want to say like, he was like my dad, because he's not my dad, and my dad would probably be annoyed, but he was like almost like that father figure. Like Even now, mate, I'll, I'll be honest with you, when I was going through all this with West Ham, I, he... I picked up the phone to him, I spoke to him, asked for his advice and he's just like that guy for me in football, almost like almost like the godfather of football, do you know what I mean? Where he, yeah. I just listened to his advice and, and straight away I'm like, yeah, I need to follow his advice because he's obviously been, been there with me for a lot of my career, guiding me from a young player to, to a senior player almost at Arsenal and yeah, he was, he was unreal for me. Obviously, didn't turn out the way I wanted it to, and mm. and I was frustrated at, at that. But mate, you know that's football. I mean, at the end of the day, the manager picks a team, and it's, it's difficult once he's got his team to, to change that. Especially end of last season when we was fighting for survival. I thought maybe I'd get more of a chance this year, but I was thankful to him that he made it clear to me that I wasn't, and it was probably in my best interest that I, I left and, and tried to find something else. So I did, and here I am. What's your thoughts on what's next? Arsenal maybe one day, potentially Arsenal coming back. You never know, mate. Um, I'm probably going to take a week or or two to decide. I mean, I was in this position when I left Arsenal, you know, and if I've learned anything from that, it's probably take your time and make sure it's right for you. I'm not saying that I have regrets that I went to West Ham because in my head things would have turned out differently, but, you know, that's football they didn't. But this time I'm going to take my time and and find something that suits me. Listen, I just want to be happy, Benny, playing football again. I can't, honestly, I can't tell you the last time, probably when I first signed for West Ham and and the first three games when I started before I picked up a little injury, that was probably the last time I could tell you I was happy playing football and make that quickly change. We lost the first three games, so <laughs> I think last long. But yeah, I just want to be happy, get, go back on the pitch, give a smile on my face and, and play 20, 30 games a season where I'm an important player for a team. This is the Saturday session of the former Manchester United striker Andy Cole on why he loved playing for Sir Alex Ferguson. I love playing under Sir Alex Ferguson because you know half-time... You're going to get it. But that stays in the dressing room. Mm. It, it never used to come out in the media and say, my players were this, but that, but that individual was this. No, no, no. But you already know, yeah, when he gives that interview, you have got the full blast of it. And he'll come out and he'll be the first one to say to you, and we'll say to the media, no, disappointed. Obviously, yeah, a little bit disappointed, but would never have got the individual. And as a manager, that's how you keep your players on side. I used to have quite a few um, disagreements with Sir Alex Ferguson, you know, about certain things. But I, I knew he was doing it to say, okay then, 
Second off, let me see what you got. I know what you got, but let me see it now. You do what you got to do, and he'll be the first one to say, there you go, well done, congratulations. you got to know your individuals. Here's Bob Aaron, the CEO of Topmate Promotions, easy for Andy Goldstein to say, on Fight Night with Adam Catterall and Spencer Oliver. He was discussing Tyson Fury versus Deontay Wilder 3, and if that fight will ever go ahead, as well as the possibility of the Gypsy King fighting right here in the UK this year. Tyson Fury is a very intelligent man, and uh, uh, he put it accurately that if he can't do a Wilder fight in December, which looks like it can't happen, uh, he wants to fight somebody else uh, because he's been training vigorously during this whole pandemic. Last time he fought was in February. So sure, he should do a fight in the UK in December against an opponent that will be selected. And then we'll get ready for April or May for the great showdown that everybody wants to see, uh, which is Fury against Joshua. So contractually, Bob, just to confirm, if if the Wilder fight doesn't happen in December, it's not looking likely, that won't hold up moving forward with Anthony Joshua, Tyson Fury next year. The only thing that's going to stop that fight is if Tyson Fury doesn't beat the opponent that he selects for December, and uh, Joshua doesn't beat Pula. But if they both win, that's the fight we're moving ahead on for April or May of next year. Yeah, and Bob, if we do get that fight, the fight that everybody does want to see, if if that fight does happen, where do we believe that that would be, Bob? I mean, you know, there was talk of it hopefully happening at Wembley, but that's only if we could get a full capacity crowd in and stuff. Do you see the fight maybe going even out to the Middle East? I think there's been talk of that as well. And we know that they put up so much money for the fight to go there. I know you'll get offers globally for this fight, but where do you feel like, where do you feel that the fight will happen? That'll be a decision made uh, by top rank, by uh, Queensberry Promotions, and by Eddie Herm's Matchroom. We're all business people, and we're going to choose the site that's most remunerative for the fighters. This is Darren Bent's Boat Room with Alex Crook and Darren Ambrose, which you can hear on Sunday afternoons. They were discussing the Project Big Picture, which may see the Premier League shrink to 18 clubs and apparently revitalise the football pyramid. This was the take of their guest, though, the Telegraph's Sam Wallace. There would be a £250 million rescue package for the Football League, which would be paid immediately. So that would, at a stroke, solve the problems that they've had before and now after the COVID crisis. Uh, there would be £100 million for the FA, um, which is already, uh, as we know, is uh, looking at massive losses, probably in excess of that because of the COVID crisis. Uh, the Premier League would go down to 18 clubs from 20, um, as it has been for most of its history. And uh, 25% of, its, of the Premier League's annual television revenue would go to the EFL. So the plan in that respect would be to... Uh, to change the great um, cliff edge that we, there is between clubs relegated from the Premier League, although they do have parachute payments, and, and, and the Championship. So as we know, Championship clubs probably make around £8 million a year from television revenue, £5 million of which comes from the Premier League. Um, their TV deal is really not worth much at all. Uh, Premier League clubs, even the bottom finishing club, can expect to earn in excess of £100 million. Back now to Jack Wilshire picking the top three teammates he's played with over his career so far. 
number three. Stevie G. Yeah, again, like when I played with him, he was sort of coming towards, not not towards the end, but he dropped off. Like I didn't ever play with him when he was that box-to-box guy. I obviously saw videos of him, but when I played with him, he was sort of like number four. And I've never seen someone consistently ping the ball like without shanking it or making a like, mess of it. He used to do it all the time in games and it was perfect every time. And yeah, and obviously I grew up watching him as well, like yeah. a special player. Not many of them around anymore. Number two. Number two is going to be Waza, Wayne Rooney. Why Waza? Because he had everything, mate. Like, he was just like, for me, growing up, mate, watching Rooney, I had a Rooney shirt. And then I got into the England team and it was like, uh, this kid, he's like one of one of the lads. Like, he would get involved in everything. He was always the one joking around. And then, obviously, when I played a few more games, got a little bit more comfortable. Like, we'd have banter between us and it was just... Like he was brilliant, mate. He, you played with him as well. He had everything, didn't he? Like he was strong. And then as well, I sort of played with him when he dropped off, and I went to the Euros with him when he played in midfield. And I thought he was he was unreal in that position as well. Yeah. Not many players can do that, you know. Go from a number nine who runs in behind and to someone who like plays defensive midfield. Like, I couldn't see you doing that, Benny. To be honest, I've got a technique for that, <laughs> and plus I don't <laughs> want to do it. <laughs> number one, my first one was easy. Cesc Fabregas. He's the best player. Okay, Cesc. Yeah, mate. Like, when I first came into the team, uh, when I was young, even when I first, before I came into the team, when I first went into the dressing room, he was brilliant for me. You know, he was obviously the one who all the academy boys looked at. He was 16 playing in the first team, playing Champions League semi-finals, and everyone wanted to be him. And then when I finally got into the dressing room, he was the captain. And, mate, he put his arm around me. He was brilliant. And then eventually I got into the team and played next to him, which, mate, I've seen him. I saw him control games, like, create. 10, 12 clear goal-scoring opportunities a game and mate, he just controlled it. And for someone as well who, who wasn't quick, who wasn't strong, he just played with his mind. And this is the warm-up with Max Rushton and Barry Glendenning in the first ever pay-per-view clash in the Ian Culverhouse game. I right, so the first ever pay-per-view game of Culverhouse. Barry, you ready? Uh, yes. Okay, let's play. This is TalkSport Pay-Per-View. Head to TalkSport.com forward slash Culverhouse to find out how to pay $14.95 to listen to Ian Culverhouse and to find out the rules. This is TalkSport Pay-Per-View. Head to TalkSport.com forward slash Culverhouse to find out how to pay $14.95 to listen to Ian Culverhouse and to find out the rules. Ah, well played, Barry. Brilliant performance from you there. I'd uh, love to get your reaction uh, to that game of Culverhouse. Fascinating for us to find out. Who did it at pay-per-view? How many people uh, d- did uh, pay the money? But obviously, bo- all that money uh, will go into me and Barry's pockets. None of it filtering down. None of it going anywhere else. It's all going into our pockets and out of radio. That's the, yes. the key we're trying to make. Absolutely none of it will do any good apart from for me and for Barry. And we finish with a bit of European football with Danny Kelly, Andy Brussel, and Mark Langdon of the Trans Europe Express. I say Brussel because it's all European, isn't it? Barcelona, there's no positive way of, of spinning it. Uh, you've got a lame duck president, uh, Josep Bartomeu, who's, who's on the way out. And um, you've got quite a pugnacious, almost interim coach in Ronald Koeman. I say interim because 
we know he's not going to be there for, for, for much longer. They had a summer in which the Lionel Messi saga was not actually the low point of it in the transfer market or on any level, which is an extraordinary thing to say. When your best player and possibly the best player to have ever played the game makes an announcement that he's staying at the club where he makes it clear that he wanted to go and probably Barcelona fans felt worse after that interview than they did before it. Incredible. Was, was quite an achievement. I think unique in um, football interview terms. Um, Ruben Uria, who, who did that interview, did, did an absolutely magnificent job. And um, he probably did quite well to stop himself laughing at a few occasions as well as a, a big Atletico Madrid fan that, that, that he is. Um, yeah. I, I think you look at the other business, you look at the um, players that they moved on, the players they were so desperate to move on, the experience that left, and some of those players still played a far bigger role than they would have wanted at this stage when they've been aiming to to make the team, make the squad younger for a long time now. So they said goodbye uh, to Rakitic, to Vidal, to Luis Suarez, whilst strengthening a competitor along the way. And th- th- they ended up getting tuppence halfpenny for all of these players. Of course, they'll say that we cleared the wages off the bill, but to put yourself in a situation where you're essentially giving these guys a golden handshake, paying them to leave, yeah. that shows like what an incredible mess they're in. And of course, it all comes down to deadline day, as you were saying on Monday, Danny, and the fact that they're scrabbling around on the final day of the season to try and clear enough space on the wage bill because of course there's a wage cap related to your income for every club in La Liga a situation where they're trying to not where they're trying to sign Lautaro Martinez and trying to get the 120 million to pay that to Inter but trying to get in a position where La Liga will allow them to sign Memphis Depay who would have cost them about 25 million euros who pre Kuman wouldn't even have been connected with Barcelona so we're talking a player I guess with his current contract situation what a fifth of the market value of Lautaro and Memphis is so keen to come he's agreed the, the deal weeks ago he agrees to do the first year on less money than he's getting paid at Leon, so they can meet their, their financial obligations this year and they still can't get it over the line despite letting Rafinha, of course the younger brother of Thiago Alcantara, go for nothing to Paris Saint-Germain, having asked for £18 million for him to clubs who inquired at the start of the window. for listening to TalkSport Daily. You can listen to us on the TalkSport app. Of course, we are still available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Acast or wherever you get your pods from. But if you add the TalkSport app to your phone, you can listen to all the podcasts plus all your favourite radio shows as well. I'm back on Extra Time from 1am. will be another one of these TalkSport Daily podcasts out first thing in the morning. Until then, take care out there because we care about you. Ish. That was a podcast from TalkSport. The TalkSport Daily Podcast is proud to be in partnership with Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Whatever your mission, home or away, don't delay. Enterprise has the vehicle for the job. Rent from the best lineup in the UK. With over 450 branches, Enterprise has what your business needs. From compact three-door cars to spacious SUVs and people carriers to vans, they offer a large range of reliable vehicles perfect for the job. To find out more and book, visit enterprise.co.uk. 
Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.